The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And welcome back. It's been a long time. Uh, last weekend, or how Two does time ago, work? I a guess couple weekends what? ago yeah. at this point, uh, we were not able to get together to record because I was at the Podtails Fest, uh, a narrative podcasting festival in Boston, which was super cool, but did not mean that I was near my recording equipment for long enough for us to get an episode together. Yeah. Uh, and then we encountered technical difficulties and scheduling difficulties. So this episode's a little bit late, but we're going to uh, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to have a good time. For for full uh transparency, we were going to record uh yesterday or I guess 2 days ago by the time you guys will hear this episode. Uh but my internet was down and it was down for two and a half days. Yeah. An, in, an eternity in terms yes. of productivity and being able to do things on the internet. Yeah, you you don't realize, like, boomers will complain about you, but they won't realize how important the internet is as a resource yep. until you are without it for a couple <laughs> days. So take that, boomers. Yeah, that also meant, uh, you might have noticed I, I tweeted from the BSG Twitter account while I was flying to Boston. I was, I was thumbing through a book on the writings of one Bertolt Brecht, because we were going to do an episode on Brechtian theater making Brechtian thought and how it pertains to video games. Yes. And I was really excited to do that episode. And we're going to do that next week. Yeah. But one of the things about running into technical difficulties and scheduling problems is when your life's crazy and you're trying to do lots of stuff, don't always have a lot of research time, as it turns out. So, uh, That'll be next week, and that'll be fun. For this week, we're going to do something we haven't really done before. We're going to kind of take you guys into, into the vocal booth with us, and we're going to provide each other with some scripts to cold read and to have a crack at and then kind of offer each other direction on that. So we're going to kind of be trading off who's the voice actor and who's the casting director who's the coach who's the you know audition mentor who's the director in the booth and we're gonna see what comes out of that we're gonna we're gonna have some fun you guys are gonna get to hear us kind of develop takes over a couple of attempts you're gonna hear some cold reads and i think it'll be fun i think it'll be fun well, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> two of us in the entire shadow of an audience that has yet to listen to this episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> well. The silence is deafening through the void of time. Oh, um, God, it's so scary. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you want to crack off first or do you want me to? Why don't you open up our uh, our Google Drive? The Google Drive? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you should see in there a file labeled 
Scenes for Dylan. Wow. All right, so this first page is our first selection, and I, I tried to take these lines as though I were a casting director, as though I were trying to pick out a handful of lines that would show this character in different circumstances and trying to do different things. Okay, cool. For right now, I just want you to hit me with a cold read, and we're going we're gonna to see what happens, and then I'm going to see All right. what changes as I offer direction and offer clarification. Do I get an image? Because I, I am vaguely familiar with this character, but I... Uh, yeah. Uh, is, is Pennington... I know he's from Thousand Year Door, right? Correct. Yes. Is he... He's, he's the penguin-looking dude, right? Yeah, let me, uh, let me okay. find an image of him. Oh, uh, look at this fucking nerd. I love him. I love him. He's got, uh, he's so, yeah, got the I'm... red bow tie, and... Okay. Yeah, and I'd say the... I didn't take the time to, like, write up a character brief as though this were an actual audition, because... Well, to be frank, audience, we decided that this is what we were going to do for this episode about 40 minutes ago. But... I, I I got my internet back 40 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> so, uh, quick brief, uh, Pennington, as far as he he is concerned, is the most brilliant detective in the world. He just needs to make everyone else get that. Yes. And then you've yes. got that image to, to go off of, and uh, let's see what comes out of Dylan's mouth. I, I got, like, a couple different directions in my mind uh, that I'm thinking of. One's, like, somewhat uh, nerdy, tinier, Sherlock Holmesy, but the other is, like, transatlantic, like, uh, the, uh, what's what's the name of those book series? Uh, like, a, like, a, like a pulp adventure book kind of sto- sound? Yeah. Like, thrilling adventure hour-esque? Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Well, make a, make a choice, stick okay. with it, and we'll see what comes out of you. Hmm, yes. I can say without the slightest hesitation that this smells like a case to me. But what shall we call it? That is the question before us. Yes, what to call it? Yes, the case of the pot of supper stew that vanished suddenly and mysteriously. I have it! Rudimentary, my dear Luigi, rudimentary! The thief is still on the train! Well, as Sanctum Manager, I am, of course, prohibited from telling anyone. However, I do know where it is. Of that, you can be most certain. Yes, indeed. I love it. I love I love this very strange boy. <laughs> <laughs> so my my first thought, and now now's the part okay. where, like, here here's the fun thing to 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 part to open up the door to the the sound booth for you who maybe don't know a ton about voice acting or don't know a ton about, like, what it is that we do day to day. Um, If Dylan were auditioning for, say, an audio drama or a dubbing project that involved these lines, he would record those and he would send them off and he would go, boy, howdy, I hope that was what they wanted. <laughs> and yep. But the challenging thing about acting, whether it's for stage or film or voice, is that really all you can do is, like, make a choice and go with it and hope that the choice is strong enough to get their attention, and then hope that, like, you happen to match what they're already imagining for the part. Uh, But when you get to a certain level, it stops being about, like, who's the best actor? Because, like, everyone submitting is going to be at least a decent actor, and it turns into more like, okay, who matches what the casting director was imagining in their head? Yes. Like, who walks into the room and is like, aha, that's the face I want. Or who who submits an audio, a tape and it's like, aha, that's the voice. That's the precise quality of 
timber that I was looking for. Exactly. And so yeah. it, it turns into a little bit of a crapshoot a lot of the time. But all we can do is, you know, submit the best thing that we have and make a choice and go with it. And that's what I think that you did very well is you you mm-hmm. landed on this, like, not quite a caricature. You kept it grounded enough that it was like, this could be a very strange person that does exist in the real world. Yeah, like a very... Like, eccentric in that, like, oh man, I'm really into solving mysteries, but I didn't want to, A, because I don't want to do a bad British accent, or, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. A, like, you know, as funny as the transatlantic accent is, I feel like that in itself is, like, a very character voice that you have to be very careful about when you use. Yeah, exactly. But I think that if if I were... Again, taking the part of, like, if we were in lessons together and I was your teacher, which would be a wild thing, considering <laughs> everything else we've done together. Um, right, right. My my thought process would, my, my main, like, point of criticism would be, I think that if you take a little bit more of a beat between each one, which I can edit out through the magic of audio editing for the benefit of our listeners, um, and just, like, differentiate each side just a little bit more... Yeah, like, this was definitively a cold read, which yeah. you don't do if you're sending in an audition, by the way. Yeah. No, my my typical process for this kind of audition where I'm doing it on my own with my home setup, it'll be, I'll usually read over it several times to get an idea, and then I'll do, like, two takes of each side in a row cold. And I'll let mm-hmm. it sit for a few minutes while I, like, look at the other auditions I have coming, and then I'll come back to it, listen to it, think what do I like and what do I not like about this? And then do, you know, a couple more takes. And usually by that second round, I've got something that I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm satisfied with this. Yeah. For me, this cold read was more like figuring out the character. Yeah. I absolutely. would say than like acting, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, than acting or like uh, living through the character, living through such a pretentious way of yeah. putting it. Uh, and so now I've, I, I went ahead and I added just some like prompt words to each side. So the first one I wrote pondering the second one, exultant, and the third one, bashful. A note for any of you out there who uh, maybe do casting calls, maybe you're running audio dramas or fan dubbing projects or anything like that that requires you to, you know, put together casting calls. Please use descriptive terms like that for your, like, emotive prompts rather than, like, sad. Yeah. There There are... and I'm not going to speak for all actors, but for most actors I know, and for myself, absolutely, there is nothing more frustrating than the direction happy or sad. Act or, sad. Yeah, like that. there's nothing for me to bite on there. If, it, if it's these, a word that implies an action or a reaction, um, it it becomes a lot clearer. Yeah, even even bashful is a little bit less strong than I would like, but I'm doing this, yeah. you know live in studio <laughs> uh, yeah exactly like bashful gives me an, an idea of what he is reacting to yeah, bashful though, at least so. has a little bit more flavor and a little bit more specificity to it than like sad but yeah why don't you with with what i had with what i just said in mind and these new things but hit us hit us with take two all right hmm yes i can say without the slightest hesitation that this smells like a case to me but what shall we call it that is the question before us Yes, what to call it? Yes, the case of the pot of supper stew that vanished suddenly and mysteriously. I have it! Rudimentary, my dear Luigi, rudimentary! The thief is still on the train!
Well, as a sanctum manager, I am, of course, prohibited from telling anyone. However, I do know where it is. Of that, you can be most certain. Yes, indeed. I love it. I love the the way that you handled the, like, the title of the case of the pot of supper stew. Like, I... I what Dylan did that I really enjoyed about that was that he he had this kind of rhythm of like this almost like he was talking to himself that like very quick kind of pattern of like but what shall we call it? Yes, that is the question before us. Yes, what to call it. And then when he came up with it it was very precise. There was a change in the delivery of like it went from him thinking to himself in a performative way to him performing. Mm. And like that's a it's a slight difference but it's one that like when you're trying to do things like this, it's all about finding those, like, pivot points and really nailing them. And I thought that was a super strong one. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just for fun. Because this is, uh, I think you mentioned it in passing, but for the audience, in case they missed it, this, these are scenes for the character of Pennington, the te detective penguin from Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, which is a very cartoony, charming, papercraft-styled kind of game. Can you give me one more and then this one just like be really cartoonish okay. and lean into that kind of like almost like a like a 90s kids WB kind of. OK, I'm going to I'm going to look at this penguin and, and yeah. think of what he, he would sound. OK, I think I have something. All right. Just see what comes out. And, you know, this is essentially another variation of a cold read. And if we were doing if I was like coaching Dylan, uh, we would do this many more times but we need to move on to further side so i just want to yes. hear what this hat what what happens when this prompt is given hmm yes i can say without the slightest hesitation that this smells like a case to me but what shall we call it that is the question before us uh yes what to call it yes the case of the pot of supper stew that vanished suddenly and mysteriously i have it rudimentary my dear luigi rudimentary the thief is still on the train. Well, as sanctum manager, I am, of course, prohibited from telling anyone. However, I do know where it is. Of that, you can be most certain. Yes, indeed. That was awesome. And it okay. perfectly illustrates another, like, point about... I'm, I'm having fun with this because we're getting to talk about, like, acting in a way that we don't <laughs> usually actually oh, yeah, get awesome. to. Um, but one of the things that I love about that is there were a couple of other things that I had thought to mention after the last take. Mm -hmm. that doing it like this corrected. Okay. So one of them was going to be that I really wanted to hear what so what it sounded like if you declared the thief is still on the train like that was you solving the entire mystery, even though it absolutely isn't. Okay, And yeah, you 100% yeah. did that in that more cartoony <laughs> thing. And the other was just going to be asking you to lean a little bit more into that, like, no, of course I know where it is. <laughs> Which, again, you did. Mm -hmm. And I one of, one of the, like, biggest challenges with acting and one of the things that you at least I remember being kind of thrust upon me over and over again when we were in school was this idea of like kind of getting out of your own way and being willing to go too big yeah because it's way easier to go too big and have the director go okay cool I like this element of that but we need to reel it back in than it is for that director to have to go like give me more give me something do do <laughs> something interesting yeah 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 <laughs> And so even in situations where the role you're reading for isn't big and cartoony like that, like if you're Dylan would never do a voice like that if he was auditioning for like a naughty dog. 
yeah game like yeah most certainly not <laughs> submitting submitting that side to like work on last of us 3 is nonsense could you imagine though but doing a delivery like that for yourself to hear where it gets you and to dial in on like oh I really like the energy that I got in this section of the script. I'm going to make sure I keep that while I bring it back into the realm of like human beings who exist on this earth. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that's going to be the rest of the show. We're going to kind of bounce back and forth doing this to each other. Uh, yeah. So I hope that this has been entertaining for you. I'm having a lot of fun. But Chris, uh, I want you to read for Shadow, and I've uploaded a picture of him into the Skype chat. Uh, Shadow right. from Final Fantasy VI, not Let's Shadow the Hedgehog. That's not what I expected. <laughs> I like what did him a you lot. Expect? I'm, I'm curious. I don't know, but it wasn't, wasn't this. Wasn't this fashion mummy? <laughs> uh, well, you know. Um, so a couple, a couple things. Um, he is an assassin. He's a he's a paid assassin. His whole deal is like he'll kill anybody for the right price, or that's his reputation at least. And I think the possibly one of the at least in my mind, this is my own specific, like, kind of, if I were to put this in a casting note, and you, by no means do you have to do this perfectly. I, I chose mm. this character because I think he he fits your voice regardless. All right. But the way his uh, character theme in the game plays feels almost like a, a Clint uh, Eastwood spaghetti western. Okay. Okay. I dig it. I was already thinking of kind of a like, low you know, gravelly. Th- yeah, low yeah. in the thro- throat. Patrick Seitz meets Kiefer Sutherland kind of delivery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. you can go ahead and cold read, and if you need me to reformat anything, I'll do it. <laughs> no, you're good. Why don't you uh, read opposite me for those read parts for where Sabin. I have... Okay. Yeah, just... Yeah. yeah, no, I got you, I got you. But I'll start with just the Empire set up camp. The Empire set up camp just beyond the forest to the east. The Empire? What are they doing here? They seem to have their eyes on Doma Castle. So Doma's next, huh? But I need to get to Narsh right away. Your only road passes through Doma. I can take you there if you'd like. Just know that I may leave you at any time. Death is always just a step behind me. Filthy double-crossing empire. Tried to off me the second I had served my purpose. Shadow, we thought you were dead. Is Interceptor all right? He's fine. Come on, let's go. Just leave me here. I have no right to fight at your side. Not after I sold myself to the Empire. Oh, uh, for context, Interceptor's his dog. <laughs> oh, that is that is good it's context. His, it's his faithful dog companion. Go on, Interceptor. Get going. Take care of yourself, boy. Aram. Looks like I can finally stop running. Come and find me, all right? Okay, so something I liked is that as you were reading more and more, you, you definitely got... A little bit more into the the gritty yeah, Clint Eastwood yeah. throat. It, um, I found it about halfway through the first side and refined it through side two. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is why cold reads are good, <laughs> <laughs> and also why they're bad. <laughs> there, yeah. Don't don't show up to an audition and do a cold read, uh, or I mean, you know, sometimes unless you'll they have hand to. it to you there. Exactly. Sometimes you'll have to, but. Um, if you if they give it to you ahead of time, yeah, just spend spend an hour. Not that shit. Yeah, like spend spend about an hour at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, a couple more character character details. 
his his last line he's talking about Baram. So uh, a huge vital part of this character's backstory that's completely hidden. It's really cool. Not the part not the point of this episode though. Um is that <laughs> they he used to be a train robber. Um and his partner was Baram. Uh and so they they get in jail. They escape out of jail. I think the dog was like one of the uh chase dogs, but it was wounded, so Shadow nursed it back to health. Um and I think eventually like it got to a point where he had to choose between the dog or Baram. Um and no no, what happened was Baram got injured while they were escaping. And Baram wanted Shadow to give him a mercy killing, and Shadow didn't. Uh, and so, like, he's he's kind of been living with that guilt uh, okay. for for the rest of his life. Bullshit. Um, and so, this last line is actually in the ending cutscene of the game, uh, where they're in the final dungeon. The final dungeon's crumbling around them because they killed the final boss. And he he basically decides, like, I'm done. I, I, I gotta face him. Um, he, he sends... Uh, his dog to go after the party while he stays in the dungeon to so die. So that's a that's a hell of a reversal from just know I may leave you at any time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's rad. Okay, yeah. And I guess like the one thing I'll say, uh, at least in my mind, is I'm I'm expecting like in my head, like this character's a, a ninja, he's an assassin. Um he's very antisocial. I w- there were some lines that you read that felt very warm. I want to see if you can kill your emotions. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I don't want to say, you know, record as a whisper, but, like, let's go for, like, something a little breathier if you can if you okay. can do that. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I yeah. can crank out, of my, crank out of my pipes. The Empire set up camp just beyond the forest to the east. The Empire? What are they doing here? Well, they seem to have their eyes on Doma Castle. So Doma's next, huh? But I need to get to Narsh right away. Your only road passes through Doma. I could take you there if you'd like. Just know that I may leave you at any time. Death is always just a step behind me. <clears throat> Filthy uh, double-crossing empire. <sighs> Tried to offer me the second I'd served my purpose. Shadow, we thought you were dead. Is Interceptor all right? He's fine. Uh, come on, let's go. Uh, just leave me here. I have no right to fight at your side. Not after I sold myself to the Empire. Go on, Interceptor. Get going! Take care of yourself, boy. Baram, looks like I can finally stop running. Come and find me. All right. Uh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really digging this. Um, I, I don't know if I have any, uh, directions. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, I, I have a good idea. So, occasionally in voice acting, you'll be asked to do three different reads of a line. Yep. Um. Your A, your B, and your C. Yeah, your A, your B, and your C. I want to look at this last, this last section, but I don't know if I want you to do A, B, or the first, second, or last line. All are very cool. All are very cool. Uh, I'll let you pick, actually. (laughs) Because I don't care. Whatever you do, I'll be happy. I'm going to go with the third one. I think that sounds interesting. Okay. Baram, looks like I can finally stop running. Come and find me, all right? Baram, looks like I can finally stop running. Come and find me. 
All right. Brom, looks like I can finally stop running. Come and find me. All right. All right. Did I peek uh, there? I did not. Ha ha, hey. I leveled my microphone correctly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Ah, oh, man. Okay, no, we got to move on. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm I enjoyed that you like directing me. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a it's a reversal from what we have done yeah, in the our, past. From our one, our one uh, podcasting experience prior to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rad. Uh, well, let's... I've got one more thing to give Dylan. I think Dylan has one more thing to give me. But before we do that, let's slide into the playbill. Slide right into the playbill. Slide. Right in. And now that we're here in the playbill, let me kick off. For those of you who don't know, this is where we talk about other projects we've got going on. Other things we're in. Other, other plates that we have spinning. And to start with... Hey, Dylan, your plate has a giant robot on it. Tell me about that. Well, Chris, um, I host Dude, You Remember Macross, which is a podcast where I talk about our mutual friend, Coop, about the uh, the, the franchise super of Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. And we talk about the good, the bad, the characters, what we like about it, the science the fiction aspect. At fistful of dollars. Um, the military and pop culture, because that's what Macross is about. It's this very interesting, kind of weird, uh, eccentric cross-reference of these two disparate things and how they interact to create a society that we live in. We live in a society is the joke I was trying to <laughs> I know, get. I got you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, it's pretty fun. Uh, right now, we are... We're a little behind. Coop is actually going to be editing a lot of episodes to try and catch us back up uh, this coming weekend. But uh, pretty soon we will be talking about uh, Macross Plus, which is the third thing in the Macross franchise. And it is co-directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who is the man responsible for Cowboy Bebop. And the music is done by Yoko Kano, who is responsible for the music of Cowboy Bebop. That's a fucking pedigree right there. This show is incredibly, like, I I, I was expecting it to be Macross, but, like, you know, with the Cowboy P- Bebop people. This is Cowboy Bebop, but it's in the Macross universe. That's so right as hell. If that sounds interesting to you, you guys should totally check out Dude You Remember Macross and Macross Plus. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. That is dude as in dude where's my car. Uh, we are also now on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Hell yeah. I'm sorry for yawning right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another podcast you should check out is our friends over at The Unexplored Places. The Unexplored Places is an actual play podcast. It is gm'd by our friend christine who is a fantastic gm and game designer uh we just started season two which is a great place to get on board if you haven't heard of the show before season one is great and is definitely worth a re-listen season two stands on its own it doesn't require you to know anything about season one so it is a good place to get on board if you don't feel like binging the you know marathon worth of content that came before but it's all a great show. This new show is taking the new season is taking place in a sci-fi universe. It's we're using the game system Scum and Villainy to tell this space opera story about a group of misfit space criminals, and it's great. I'm part of the main crew. Dylan is going to be appearing as his schedule allows, as a sort of half in the party hacker friend. 
it's great. The first couple episodes of season two have been a joy to listen back to and remember all the dumb things that we did. And you should check them out. They're on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find them at unexploredcast.libsyn.com or on Twitter at unexploredcast. I want to plug two things really quick. One is the game that I'm in. It's called Pine. It's on PC and will be coming to Switch sometime in November. Uh, I'm just very, still very excited about being in a game. The other is there's a new audio drama that I'm in called The God's Head Incidental that is launching in early November. It's great. It's a story about a city full of gods that everyone hates, and I play a hapless landlord, which was a very fun role to play and involved a lot of the director being like, Chris, you still sound too much like a confident human being, which is the first time I'd ever been told that in my life. Um, <laughs> but it's great. You can find them on Twitter, at God's Head Pod. You should follow them. They're going to be updating when uh, the episodes actually come out, but they're going to start dropping in early November. Other than that, we want to thank our patrons. We have a Patreon. It's what keeps our website on. It's what keeps us from losing money on this weird vanity project week after week. Uh, it means the world to us that you who are already patrons have taken that on and care enough about what we do to want to support us in that way. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us as well, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash bsgpod. That's where you can find about all of the different uh, reward tiers. If you join, you get access to our Discord server so you can hang out with the rest of the bunch of weirdos that have backed us so far and the two king weirdos, me and Dylan. <laughs> uh, so it would mean a lot to us if you would check that out. It's, uh, it's the reason that we're able to do this so reliably the last couple weeks, notwithstanding. So yeah, patreon.com slash bsgpod. Consider checking that out. Now that we're back from the playbill, we've got, uh, two more sides, one for each of us that we're going to go through. Uh, this one I picked for you, Dylan. This second one is a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. This is the... Oh, this in is Thief. This is the okay. intro narration for the first mission of Thief the Dark Project. Okay. Yeah, so this is the first time you hear Garrett speak after his initial narration of, like, how he came to be a thief. And he's detailing out the details of this heist that he has planned. And once again, I'm just going to I'm gonna leave it at that and ask you to do a cold read, and then we'll see what comes out and how to, how to chase it. The hard thing is, like, I'm, the voice I have in mind, I need to make sure it doesn't slip into Solid Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I have a simple job planned for this evening. Break into the Garden Mansion, steal another fat nobleman's priceless trinket, and leave quietly. Lord Bafford is out of town, and rumor has it that the captain of his house guard went with him as a bodyguard. The time is ripe for a bit of burglary. The front gate of Lord Bafford's manor is always guarded, and the main street is far too exposed. But Cuddy tells me there's a better way in. Around to the side, more out of the way. One guard, and likely no witnesses to complicate matters. Ah, oh, God, my voice keeps cracking. Uh, let me think. Let me think about this, Chris. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. You're okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that in, because... No, I, I figured, like, yeah, this, this is me This is also to... a, one of those challenges, is, like, you want to pick a voice that you think sounds cool and sounds fitting, but you got to make sure it's one that you can maintain and isn't yeah. going to hurt you. <laughs> Yeah. And that's hard to find sometimes. Uh, and sometimes a voice that feels fine while you're doing auditions, then uh, you get cast and you have to do four hours of it. And it's like, oh, oh no. Actually, what happened to David Hayter? <laughs> like when he, when he originally did Solid Snake. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a fine, it's a fine line to, to, to tread. Front gate of, uh, blah, 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 blah. 
I gotta be a cool thief. Why did you cast me as this guy, Chris? He's too cool. <laughs> He's too cool. Because I believe in you. I believe you can be the cool. Because, uh, like, I, I feel like if I voice him in my normal registry, it's not going to sound authentic. Um, and I have to I have to come up with something in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't do my ideal voice, I gotta think about what works for me. Because if I could do a, like, a, a dashing rogue, but that's not Garrett's character. Garrett is very much a kind of hardened, gritty, grittier type of character. Lord Bafford is out of town, and rumor has it that the captain of his house guard went with him as a bodyguard. The time is ripe for a bit of burglary. The front gate of Lord Bafford's manor is always guarded, and the main street is far too exposed. But Cuddy tells me there's a better way in. Around to the side, more out of the way. One guard, and likely no witnesses to complicate matters. I'll work on that. The piece Cuddy wants is a scepter. Silver. Jewels. The usual adornments. It should command a high price. Bafford, like most of his kind, probably keeps his treasures on the top floor of the place, close to his heart, and far from his servants. No point in waiting. I have Cuddy's old sketches of the place, and everyone who's going to be asleep inside already is. It's time to begin. All right. Yeah. I like... Direct me, Chris. Yeah, I no, need I li- help. I like the place that it that it ends up. Okay. I think that you, you mentioned something, and I, I do not know if I'm going to cut this or not, because I don't know how edit-happy I'm going to get with the, uh, the section that it got cut. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned while you were kind of humming and hawing over this that you didn't want to go into the dashing rogue, because that's not Garrett's mm-hmm. character. This is the character of Garrett, the protagonist of Thief the Dark Project. I probably mentioned that already, but just to cover my ass. Um, yeah. And, I, and you are correct. He's not, like, he's not a Robin Hood. He's not a Locke Lamora. He is not, like, the silver-tongued rogue. But there is some humor to him. And I think yeah. that, like, there's, there are, I would, I would hesitate to call them jokes, but there are some digs written in here. The yeah. stuff of, like, you know, the time is ripe for a bit of burglary is, a, at the very least, an affected way of saying that. Yeah. And there's also also things like, silver jewels the usual adornments or everyone who's in who's going to be asleep inside already is there's these hints of like he's got a sense of humor even if he's not telling jokes yeah so i think that i would like were i directing you because we were in a studio for you recording this actual part i would definitely be be prompting you to like inject a little bit more of that humor and inject a little bit more of like the levity of someone who you know again he's not telling jokes but he is an expert at this he's, thing he's and cracking so he's, wise yeah he's cracking wise yeah. about this thing that he knows inside and out and that also serves well as like for auditions for you know if you out there are an, an amateur voice actor and you're you're wanting to like set your audition apart it can be helpful to look at you know what's the less obvious thing to do with the side doing this as like you know huh, solid snake um and like that very like professional matter of fact thing is not wrong Mm -hmm. by any means but looking for the ways that you can set it apart and do more than like the obvious surface level read yeah can be helpful and again like we're doing this as cold reads dylan opened this file (laughs) immediately before it definitely hurts like when you're focusing more on the character voice this is why we talk about like saying oh i can do all the voices from dragon ball yeah exactly (laughs) like because it becomes it it gets to a point where like you are so focused on trying to maintain that voice that like 
You lose like, the acting. I, I will see the jokes, but like I can't really do much about them because I'm trying to to hold where I'm at. Yeah, it's like, oh, too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why preparation is so important. That's why, again, the acting is the more important part than the like having a huge quiver full of voices. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's That's let's why try... you don't complain about an actor getting cast for something. Because, oh, I hear them in all these roles and his voice never changes. Because that's not what acting is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another another try. And try a voice that's just like, I think that you... I'm going to do something closer to my... I was going to say, voice. I think you can yeah. get away with being fairly close to your natural tone. With just like a layer of affectation on top of it. Because I think yeah. that'll free you up to play that's around with the words more. And I, I think that this, as opposed to, you know... Pennington, who is a cartoon penguin, the world of Thief, while it is fantastical, is it's it's set in a in a realistic aesthetic. And I also so, feel like Pennington, at least like the type of character he is, is similar to characters I've played in the past. See Mordecai Dogwood. Yeah, <laughs> like that's for you. I, I'm yeah. not certain a lot of our listeners have also listened to Magical History. Which you should totally hey, check out, by I the way. I met two people at Podtails who were huge M-Hawk fans and oh, were very so jazzed cool. to meet me. It was really cool. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give this a try. Yeah. I have a simple job planned for this evening. Break into a garden mansion, steal another fat nobleman's priceless trinket, and leave quietly. Lord Bafford is out of town and rumor has it that the captain of his house guard went with him as a bodyguard. The time is ripe for a bit of burglary. The front gate of Lord Bafford's manor is always guarded, and the main street is far too exposed. But Cuddy tells me there's a better way in. Around to the side, more out of the way. One guard, and likely no witnesses to complicate matters. The piece Cuddy wants is a scepter. Silver, jewels, the usual adornments. It should command a high price. Bafford, like most of his kind, probably keeps his treasures on the top floor of the place, close to his heart and far from his servants. No point in waiting. I have Cuddy's old sketches of the place, and everyone who's going to be asleep inside already is. It's time to begin. I love that. That's so much more alive than the first <laughs> read you did. This is where, again, were this a real recording session, I would start like breaking down, breaking this down into smaller parts, and we'd start doing, you know, ABC takes for different lines and trying to yeah. hone in on like the the fine details. Can you do for me? Just to just to see what happens before we move on to to my final my final fight. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do the middle two paragraphs? So starting with the front gate of Lord Bafford's manor and ending with far from his servants. Yep. And try to draw a stronger line between the like professional going down the checklist, listing off you know all of the pros and cons and all of the the vital information and. Mm -hmm the snarky editorializing. Okay. Because there's there's par points where it blurs, but there's also some pretty stark divides of like, here is the fact, and here's my snide remark about it. Okay. And so, like, take a minute and read over it if you want to to get that. But I want to see what that sounds like if you can just, like, even hit, hit an even closer, like, division of those two and just okay. see what that sounds like. Feel like it should also be worth mentioning that um, at least my voice instructor swears by you know print out the script, write it, oh, write yeah. on it physically yep. with your notes, jot uh, all over it, put in slash marks to break up thoughts, underline yeah. things that are important. Like yeah, no, we are we are doing this fast and loose for the benefit of y'all, so you can hear just like 
the 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 surface level element of like what it is that we as actors and voiceover artists do. Yeah. The front gate of Lord Bafford's manor is always guarded, and the main street is far too exposed. But Cuddy tells me there's a better way in. Around to the side, more out of the way. One guard and likely no witnesses to complicate matters. The piece Cuddy wants is a scepter. Silver jewels, the usual adornments. It should command a high price. Bafford, like most of his kind, probably keeps his treasures on the top floor of the place, close to his heart and far from his servants. I like that. Just finish out that last couple sentences. Keep this yeah. energy. Yeah. No point in waiting. I have Cuddy's old sketches of the place and everyone who's going to be asleep inside already is. It's time to begin. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, I I love Thief. Thief is a really well-written game. Mm. Also, big, 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 big ups to Stephen Russell, who's the voice actor who played Thief in Thief the Dark Project and uh, Thief mm-hmm. to the Metal Age, who they didn't get back for the fourth, which is one of the many <laughs> sins of the fourth. Um, in addition to its title, I imagine. In addition to its... I mean... They thankfully did not release it as the fourth, but when <laughs> when when Thief the Dark Project, when the fourth installment in the Thief series was first teased, Thief.com was just the word Thief, but the E was a four, which is the worst thing. You would think it'd be the H, you know? You'd think like, it would be, be dumb. any, really, none of them, because right. we're, we're walking into fantastic <laughs> scenarios, but at least a four looks a little bit like a capital A. Well, you know, if if seven could get away with it. Oh, you mean so. Sevenin? Yes. <laughs> anyway, I don't see why the fourth couldn't. <laughs> but yeah, that were we doing this for real, we would spend a lot more time, and I would I would really get in the weeds on some of this and try to tease out the best possible performance from Dylan. But like, this is the work of the voice actor. <laughs> It's finding things, it's making choices, it's listening to what the director has to say and doing your best to meet them where they want you to be, and I love it. It's so much fun. It's really, really fun. I just realized I haven't sent you a picture of my character. Oh boy. Even though you you know this character, like, still. You know him. In stark contrast to Shadow. We're uh, we're heading to my last moment. Oh my god, I forgot about this motley butt. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking circus clown pirate man that you're having yeah. me voice for <laughs> all right so um chris you may or may not edit this out uh once we in the final cut of the episode but i i gave chris a choice i asked him if he wanted to be in final fantasy 6 the playboy or the fop um and he chose the which fop. are my two favorite major arcana in the tarot deck <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's how you know a joke is good if they can comment on it and say, "Hmm, <laughs> oh, good, good, good show, real um, head scratcher." That one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he picked Fop, and a the Fop of Final Fantasy VI is Kefka Palazzo, um, who is the main villain of the game. But for most of the most of the story, he's kind of played up as a Fop. He's he's a recurring joke character who he he's you know he's he's the henchman of like the big evil empire and so he he's he's like he's a fucking sociopath but like you know he, he all of his dialogue kind of has like this camp to it um and so Chris uh again I apologize uh Final Fantasy VI doesn't really have anything in the way of like long monologues so I uh 
most of these will be exchanges once again. No worries. I don't have much more to add. Uh, yeah, all you I'll need just... to know about this guy is that he's a narcissist and a sadist. All right, I'll dive in with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fooey, Emperor Gestalt's stupid orders. Edgar, you pinhead, why do you have to live out in the middle of a stinking desert? These recon jobs are the pits. Ahem, <clears throat> there's sand on my boots? Oh, uh, all gone, sir. How pathetic. Sir Kafka, what in the world brings you... Out of my way. A girl of no importance recently escaped from us. We heard she found refuge here? This wouldn't have to do with that witch everyone's been whispering about, would it? Lies. She merely stole something of minor value. Is she here? That's a tough one. There are more girls in here than grains of sand in the desert. A man couldn't possibly keep track of them all. Oh, Edgar. You know you only stand to lose from trying to hide her from us. <laughs> I truly hope nothing happens to your precious Figaro. Once Leo's gone, I can turn this water into a flowing river of poison. Anyone who touches it will be pushing up daisies. <laughs> I'm afraid the Emperor has called me back home. Try not to cause any trouble in my absence. <laughs> I'll take care of things faster than you ever would. Nothing dirty, Kafka. They may be our enemies, but they're still human beings. Try not to forget that. We needn't show mercy to those who side with the Returners. Which is good, because I never seem to have any of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Take this sword. Kill them all. Stage directions. Celis takes the sword and stabs Kafka with it. Ow! <laughs> Blood! 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 You vicious brat! Oh, you know you really are a stupid, vicious, arrogant, whiny, pampered, backstabbing, worthless little brat! Okay, um, I, I have direction. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to the first one in a second. Uh, for that last one, um... Yeah, how, is that a mortal wound? No, no. It okay, is not. I was I was reading um, it like it was a mortal wound, so that's good okay. to know that it's not. Yeah, no, uh, it's not a mortal wound. Uh, cool. Furthermore, I don't think Kefka's ever seen himself bleed before, like ever. Ooh, interesting. No, okay, I like um, that. And and uh, a, a couple things that uh, notes I should say about his backstory. Uh, Kefka is very much in the story of Final Fantasy. He is one of the first magic casters ever uh he he was selected for a program that would allow uh humans to cast magic i'm not going to get too deep into ff lore right now but uh so he Tune in already next week and we probably will <laughs> but uh, he... it's more likely than you think but anyway <laughs> uh he he's he has a bit of a god complex um and he he believes that he's better than everybody and he uh he kind of views everyone else's dolls that he can play with so he he, he sees Celis as a puppet that he can emotionally abuse and manipulate into coming back to his side i think uh, i accidentally deleted the line where he calls he says you can prove your innocence by betraying them um but anyway he hands her the sword and she stabs him and he's basically his entire life he he's seen her as like a chess piece for him okay. and he's been able to kind of emotionally manipulate her into if not 
um, doing things for him, for uh, he he can cause her to pause, and he he has had uh, this effect on her, and this this stabbing is like the the straw that breaks the camel's back. Okay. Um. So I guess like the last thing I'll say is uh that last bit. Try going a little bit more manic. Okay. Okay. That'll be that'll be helped by the fact that I'm not also trying to do death gurgles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Any other direction overall? Um I'll 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 do the other sides as we get there. Alright, I'll um, just do this last one then. Yeah. We'll just back it up. Back that ass up. Take this sword. Kill them all. Ah Blood? Blood! Blood! Oh, you vicious brat! Ah! Oh, you... You know, you really are a stupid, vicious, arrogant, whiny, pampered, backstabbing, worthless, little brat! Yeah, I, I think yeah. that that works good. I, I definitely liked how you, you started to build up near the end. Uh, to, to dive into the Wolsey translation uh, a little bit... To clarify for our listeners, Final Fantasy VI has two scripts. Uh, we talked about it a few episodes ago. Um, I'm using the Game Boy Advance script, uh, but there are so many lines in the in the Game Boy in the Super Nintendo script that are really good that I would have put in here instead. So when he when he he reacts to blood, uh, he goes, "You, I hate, 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 hate," and then repeats that like ten times in the the text is scrolling <laughs> iconoclast levels of manic, Amazing. and it ends with him just screaming, "Hate you!" Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So just like that, that very last part uh, where you know you really are stupid. If we could do that build a little bit more, I know that you're you don't have like your mic's not set for like screaming or anything. Yeah. So. You know, you really are a stupid, vicious, arrogant, whiny, pampered, backstabbing, worthless little brat. All right. I probably really... Oh, I didn't peek that time. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm happy placement, with that. Mic placement, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's that professional technique. <laughs> now let's, let's go back to the first one. Okay, context. There is another uh, girl... Who is not Celis? Like so, Celis, like Kefka, was and experimented on to cast magic. This girl in question was born with that power. Oh, ho. and so um, what a mystery! Yes, and so she she's also the main character, and she's hiding from the Empire right now. There, Edgar is harboring her. Um, and so you didn't expect her to go AWOL. You you placed a mind control device on her. She's been a very useful puppet to you. And, you know, then you get you get a report that two of your soldiers have gone missing. I'm going to say two of your best soldiers because that, that makes the stakes higher. And now you personally have to go with a tiny envoy to the desert of all things uh, to find her and pick her up. And this guy's giving you shit. This guy's playing dumb. Rad. Uh, this guy's playing dumb, but I should add... You know you have the power to to just wipe his kingdom off the face of the earth if you snap <laughs> your fingers. Hell yeah, I like this. <laughs> this power, fooey, Emperor Gestel's stupid orders. Edgar, you pinhead! Why do you have to live out in the middle of a stinking desert? These recon jobs are the pits. Mm-hmm. 
There's sand on my boots? Uh, all gone, sir. <laughs> How pathetic. Oh, something I forgot, damn. I, I should have annotated this in. Uh, it's technically not in the script, but something that uh, is peculiar to Kefka in this Super Nintendo game is that like he has a MIDI laugh oh, that rad. he does. So this How Pathetic isn't him griping. This is like, look at these fucking tools who like will like fucking bow okay. at my feet and okay yeah yeah <clears throat> there's sand on my boots uh, all gone sir <laughs> how pathetic sir kafka what in the world brings you out of my way a girl of no importance recently escaped from us we heard she found refuge here this wouldn't have anything to do with that witch everyone's been whispering about, would it? <laughs> Lies. She merely stole something of minor value. Is she here? That's a tough one. There are more girls in here than grains of sand in the desert. A man couldn't possibly keep track of them all. <laughs> oh, Edgar. You know you only stand to lose from trying to hide her from us. <laughs> I truly hope nothing happens to your precious Figaro. All right. Um, let's see if I could zero in on something. The a girl of no importance and lies. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm thinking is that Kefka's trying to downplay this because if any of the Empire's enemies learn yeah. that, uh, you know, a witch is on the loose and she's AWOL and she might defect to That's an bad news opposing bears. side. Yeah, because uh, Edgar's Mr. kingdom... Pirate. Yes, Edgar's kingdom pretends to be loyal but they're like there is suspicion that they're endorsing some of the rebel factions is figaro the name of the nation figaro is the name of the nation i'm cool. sorry <laughs> making sure i i thought so but i wanted to make sure right my right. first read i thought it was the name of a bar <laughs> because the way he said there's more girls in here than there are grains of sand in the sand desert i'm like is this a brothel no edgar is a fucking playboy um he's also He's, yeah, he's he's just a notorious playboy. <laughs> okay, cool. A girl of no importance recently escaped from us. We heard she found refuge here. This wouldn't have anything to do with that witch everyone's been whispering about, would it? <laughs> Lies. She merely stole something of minor value. Is she here? That's a tough one. There are more girls in here than grains of sand in the desert. A man couldn't possibly keep track of them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edgar, you know you only stand to lose from trying to hide her from us. <laughs> I truly hope nothing happens to your precious Figaro. All right. Um, and then let's uh, let's do this last one and wrap it up. Yeah. So what's the what's the, the given circumstances for me here? Uh, the Empire, it has been kind of at a standstill with this kingdom that they are trying to to colonize. And... Kefka at a certain point is just like, why don't we just poison their water supply? <laughs> you know, like a human do. Yeah, like a human do. Uh, um, and so generally, a returner. Returner is one of the rebel rebel factions. I really should have said that. Cool. I'm no, sorry. you are you are a okay. But yes, uh, a a returner is a rebel faction, and Leo is kind. He's known for being like this very kind and compassionate general. Um, one of the one of the characters when he meets them, says, it sucks that we're on opposite sides because I could see this guy being a friend. So he's everything that Kefka isn't. Gotcha. 
the one bit of direction and yeah okay so the one bit of direction i'll say is that i think that middle line or maybe maybe the final line actually in your mind uh psychically conjure a raspberry <laughs> <laughs> i love it okay that's an awesome direction <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you like it so yeah i would play the first line as a bit of an aside and right. yeah once Leo's gone, I can turn this water into a flowing river of poison. <laughs> Anyone who touches it will be pushing up daisies. <laughs> I'm afraid the Emperor has called me back home. Try not to cause any trouble in my absence. <laughs> I'll take care of things faster than you ever would. Nothing dirty, Kafka. They may be our enemies, but they're still human beings. Try not to forget that. We needn't show mercy to those who side with the Returners. Which is good, because I never seem to have any of the stuff. <laughs> uh, could I get three reads on the, the final line? Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, starting with... Actually, no, just do the whole yeah. do the whole line. We needn't show mercy to those who side with the Returners. Which is good, because I never seem to have any of the stuff. We needn't show mercy to those who side with the Returners. Which is good, because I never seem to have any of the stuff. <laughs> we needn't show mercy to those who side with the Returners. Which is good, because I never seem to have any of the stuff. I like those. It's a fun line. Also, hey, quick aside. Uh, you know how we, we, we frequently, we have fun here. Uh, and I like... <laughs> I like telling my my cringe-inducing story about Mister. I can do all the voices from DBZ Abridged, so I'm ready to I'm ready to go as a voice actor. Here's the thing, I'm not great at impressions, but I'm really good at like halfway impressions. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll start doing a thing, and I'll realize, huh, this is just a bad Mark Hamill's Joker, but it's a perfect voice for this character. Uh, wh <laughs> and that's kind of where I, I ended up tonight. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like Kefka's a very Mark Hamill esque. Yeah, like it esque. Like a lot of people before, like he had an official dub voice, were like, "Yo, what if Mark Hamill though?" Yeah. Like this, this was not a case of me being like, "Aha, I'll do Mark Hamill's Joker voice because that's the voice, that's the impression that I want to do." Right. It was me starting at a particular point in my range, and like I realized, like, oh, that's a point of comparison that can be kind of my anchor for like. Yeah, this place in where in my voice where that feels it feels like my bad Mark Hamill's Joker impression that I do as a bit. So I'm gonna use that to keep it consistent. Yeah, yeah. So like, as much as I like to give crap to the people who are like, how many character voices can you do? <laughs> like, honestly, having a repertoire of like knowing what people sound like and using that as a reference for yourself to come up with character voices can be really, really useful and very helpful. Yeah, you can you can try hitting a character voice and fail but then you have your own character voice. exactly <laughs> um something i like to do whenever i've read for kefka you know just playing the game because no one's gonna cast me as kefka <laughs> <laughs> but uh the the anchor that i use is liam o'brien um, okay i could see that like i'm i'm you said that, and I immediately conjured up uh, the voice he gave to the doctor in Code Geass. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 one Which of is them. In that same kind of like, I don't know if I know it well enough to attempt an impression that would sound decent, but it's in he that has same one that's kind, kind of like, like hip hip hooray. 
hooray! Yeah, very, like, it's, same it's kind it's of like lilting up in the throat kind of sound. Yes. Once Leo's gone, I can turn this water into a flowing river of poison. Yeah, you know, I got gotcha. you. Like, just, like, almost, uh, actually kind of like James from Pokemon, too, now that I'm at it. <laughs> like, oh, Jesse, but, you know, a yeah. little, little bit more flamboyant. Once Leo's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I'm so ambiguously camp. It's like camp. Yeah, yeah, Maximilian, there yeah, we go. It's a, a bridge series Pegasus. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this was fun, man. Yeah, no, this was, I, I had a blast. I'm glad you yeah. did. I hope that you, I, I hope our audience listeners. did. Yeah, you. Uh, let us know in, uh, on Twitter. Let us know in the comments of the YouTube video whenever I get that up. Like, just engage with us and tell us if this is something you'd like us to, to do again. Uh, if you have any sides, if you have any characters that you think either my voice or Dylan's voice would be a good fit for, like. Oh, yeah, send that shit in. Send that I shit in. We'll, that. we can, we can start putting together a. A backlog. Yeah, a backlog of, of scripts to do this again sometime. But for right now. It's getting late for both of us, and I think it's time for us to wrap this up. So thank you so, so much too. again for listening to Backstage Gaming. Uh, if you like what we're doing, if you like our show, please do consider leaving a rating or a review on iTunes or your podcast listener of choice. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or at our website, bsgpod.com, which is where you can find info about me and Dylan. You can find a contact form. You can reach out to us. Um, and yeah, just... Consider letting us know what you think. Consider letting us know how you feel about our show. Give us give us feedback. We we thrive as actors. We thrive on feedback, which I hope became at least a little more clear in this episode. Oh yes. <laughs> um, if you want to hit us up on social media, you can find us on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at bsg underscore cast, and you can also find us on YouTube. And if you want to talk about us, engage with us, uh, whatever have you. You should use the hashtag BSGPod, which I will start using again. Love you, Chris. Yeah, throw also, that hashtag on the tweets you have of characters that you want us to throw sides for, together for, so we can do this again sometime. We won't accept them if there's no hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for providing us with the key art we use for our show. Um, if you like his stuff, you should check him out at brennan-french.squarespace.com that is b-r-e-n-n-e-n hyphen-french.squarespace.com you can also find him on instagram.com slash brennan-french-arts thank you also to our friend bioquery for the use of our theme song dot sound radio volume one instrumentality he's a phenomenal electronica producer and composer and you can find his music by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery that's b-i-o-q-u-e-r-y or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thank you again to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. Without you, we would be much less able to do this as indefinitely as we have been doing it, and it means the world to us that you like our show enough to want, us to, to, want to support us in that way. If you like what we're doing and want to support us, once again, that's patreon.com slash bsgpod. Thank you to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. They're a network devoted entirely to other video game podcasts. Podcasts about playing games, about game news, about making games, about appreciating games from different angles. Uh, whatever your take, however you like to enjoy your games, you should be able to find a show there that suits your needs. You can find them on Twitter at HPVGPodNetwork. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at CJWilsonVA. Dylan's on Twitter at TheDilla. That's T-H-A underscore D-I-L-A. I think that's everything we can conceivably plug. <laughs> um, everything else we had to plug, we did in the playbill. So I, yeah. I think we're good. Um, do you have a goofy sign-off this time? Goodbye. <laughs> Fuck, all right, goodbye. <laughs> Sorry, I guess we'll just disappoint you. Our goofy sign-off last... is four years, four seconds of silence. I hate, 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 hate you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.